WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! a pirate game or watch on TV, you can hear the fans, woo, at PNC Park. It happens at Penguins games too, but those crowds are bigger, so it's not as easy to hear. At PNC Park, you can definitely hear the fans, woo, and it's a crappy, woo. It's not like Ric Flair. It's high-pitched, and it's out of control. I don't like the wooing. But you know what I like even less? People who complain about the wooing. The wooing at PNC is annoying. But the people who complain about the wooing on Twitter might be even more annoying. But the wooing is the root cause. If the wooing stopped, the complaining would stop too. But the people who woo and the people who complain about the wooing, they have one thing in common. You just made the list! Wait, uh, uh, cut the music. Cut the... Here's how you woo. Woo! Hear that little echo at the start? Woo! That's how you woo. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cunt on a name you can trust. We got Dejan Kovacevic at the bottom of the hour. We have a lot of topics today, none of which seems to have resonated the golfer getting beat up by his wife Tom Wilson getting hit high by Anton Strawman I'd like to see Lucas Glover's wife take on Tom Wilson I think that would be interesting the pirate farmhand who has to pay for his own open heart surgery the Bucks won't cover it because it's not baseball related the Pirates win today they won again last night will they ever lose again probably not How seriously do you take where they're at right now, which is atop the National League Central? 412-333-9939. Here's a story about the NFL Rules Committee, because they're going to meet next week, about changes to the kickoff rule, hoping to reduce the number of high-speed collisions that happen on the play. Here are the uh, new rules they're considering. One is the kicking team must line up within one yard of the line where the ball is kicked and must have five players on each side of the kicker. That changes the rule that allowed players to line up five yards behind the spot where the ball is kicked to get a running start. Now only the kicker will be able to get a running start. Everybody else gets one step at best. Uh... Uh, At least eight of the 11 players on the receiving team must line up within 15 yards of their restraining line, which would typically be between the kicking team's 45-yard line and the receiving team's 40-yard line. Uh, Again, all this seems designed to limit the momentum the players can build before running into each other. Uh, At least two players must be lined up outside the numbers and two players between the numbers and the hash marks. They're trying to Spread the players out again to reduce collisions. Until the ball is touched or hits the ground, players on the receiving team can't cross the restraining line, typically the 45, or initiate a block within 15 yards of the line where the ball is kicked. 
and uh, wedge blocks will be eliminated. Pastoral changes have limited wedge blocks to two players, but now even the two-man wedge will be banned. And the ball will be dead if it touches the ground in the end zone, and the pass to returner could pick the ball up off the ground in the end zone and run it out, but now it would be a touchback immediately if it touches the ground in the end zone. So that's going to be discussed next week at the uh, Rules Committee meeting. Everything designed to result in fewer high-speed collisions on kickoffs and, as a result, fewer concussions. I got a better idea. Instead of just tweaking the kickoff, I mean, this isn't a tweak. This is just, they're, they're totally changing everything about the kickoff, and that's okay, but I would just eliminate the kickoff. Be a lot easier. Give the opposing team the ball on the 25, 30, 35, wherever, but just eliminate the kickoff. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't know how much this guy Hins needed to get for his surgery. His goal was only 5,500, and on his GoFundMe page, he raised 8,030. And here's a message from his mom, Shelly. I especially want to thank the Pirates. The organization is been instrumental in not only discovering this medical issue, but also in ensuring Gage has received the very best care. Okay, so why aren't they paying for it? How did they discover the, the need for open-heart surgery? Did the, did the pitching coach figure that out? He goes, you know, Gage, there's a hitch in your delivery. I think you need open-heart surgery. You know what mom's message is designed to communicate? Please don't cut my son. Please let him keep pitching. Please don't cut my son. Let's go to Chris and Sarver. Chris, you're on the Mark Madden show. Uh, yes, if with Lucas Glover's wife uh, beating him at the golf tournament. Is this going to be a joke? No. I bet it is, and I bet it's not funny. Go ahead. Why isn't she in jail behind bars like any other guy would be if he was beating his wife? You know what? You're right. It wasn't a joke, and you're right on the money. She should be in jail. I mean, she assaulted cops, for God's sakes. Right. You see, that's equality. Equality isn't making sure every male abuser gets prosecuted for hitting a female. Equality is making sure every abuser of every sex get prosecuted for hitting anybody of any sex. Whether it's man on woman, woman on man, man on man, woman on woman. Equality is everybody getting arrested and charged. Everybody. You see, a lot of the stuff where people and groups campaign for equality, they don't want equality at all. They want preferential treatment. And what's perceived as equality in our society is actually preferential treatment. And if you don't agree with that, you just aren't paying attention or don't understand what equal means. Let's go to Bruno in the car. Bruno, you're on with Double M. What up, Mark? How you doing? How you doing? Excellent, excellent. Um, the one thing I like about these Pirates, and believe me, I haven't been a Pirates fan since uh, the 70s and early 90s, okay? So I'm not tooting their horn. But they're beating the teams they ought to beat this year, at least. Well, that, that's right. Hate, they're they're beating the bad teams, which means they're not one of the bad teams. Uh, exactly. I just hated the, the, even the years that they were pseudo good rising you know they would win uh two out of three against a good team and then they 
they'd lose three states to the scrub, you know, and it was kind of demoralizing. So if they keep the way they are with the, uh, the worst teams that they're playing and, and go 500 against the rest, then. Well, right. The only problem is if you go 500 against the rest, like let's say they split with Chicago and St. Louis in these, Mm -hmm. they play, they play six games against each within the next month. Yeah. If they would split with those teams, you know, those teams might do better against the bad teams than the Pirates have. So to really make a dent and make, make a serious run at contention, you've got to do better than 500 against those teams. But even if they play six games against each, 12 games total yep. in this short span coming up, if they would win seven of those games, or eight, that would be terrific. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the call. Here's a great phrase that, that I, I hope that – LeBron James, who I think is the best basketball player ever. I wouldn't want him on my team. And Brian Windhorst, who covers the NBA for ESPN, who has covered the Cavaliers specifically for many years, he came up with the perfect phrase for it. This is being talked about on Fox Sports 1. Windhorst says Cleveland is battling organizational fatigue caused by LeBron James. And I know just what he means. LeBron wants to run the whole team. Trade this guy. Trade this other guy. Fire this coach. Make this guy coach. Use this system. Play my way. Get the ball to me all the time. Make the whole team. 24-7, not just on the court, be about LeBron James and not anybody else. And you know what? Even if that benefits the Cavs, and let's face it, it has. They've been to three NBA Finals. They're currently in the Eastern Conference Final. They won an NBA championship, which Cleveland never dreamed of without LeBron. But no matter how much success he's brought to Cleveland, the people there have to be sick of it. Not the fans. The fans don't have to deal with it. But the other players, the coach, the GM, the owner, the executives, they have to hate it. It just wears you out when you're dealing with a narcissist every day. And LeBron James, as good as he is, is an absolute narcissist. So even though it might hurt the club when he leaves at season's end, assuming he does, and I think he will, with that opt-out in his contract, they'll be relieved up there. And they should be relieved up there. It's like what's happening in Nashville, in hockey, because it happened in Montreal with the same guy, P.K. Subban. No matter how much he helps, he's just such a horse's ass that sooner or later everybody is thinking, this guy just got to go. He, it, it's no fun to be here. Don't forget even when it's LeBron James, the best basketball player ever, it's not just for him. The Cavs aren't just for him. The league's not just for him. And he acts like everything is just for him. And I love how people talk about the stand he's taken for, you know, different causes and rights. He, like Frigg has, he makes the occasional statement in front of a camera to up his profile. All he is is a basketball player. That's all he is. He's the best basketball player ever, but that's all he is. People posture like he's MLK or something like that. He's not even close. Not like not even one one hundredth of what a legitimate. Uh, I don't know what the word. I, I can't say civil rights leader because it's about more than that these days. But he ain't done nothing for nobody but LeBron ever, ever, except flapping his gums about certain issues once in a while. And I'm sure he contributes money because God knows he has enough of it. But, I mean, come on. Four one, put it this way. Did he take a knee? 
No, he did not. Should he have? I don't know. But he didn't. You know why? It wasn't because he's against that cause. It's because veterans buy Nikes too. Believe me, that's how a guy like that thinks. Veterans buy Nikes too. He's still a Nike guy, right? Yeah, he does that swish stuff. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's take one more quick call. He's been on hold. Fernando, you're on with All Double right. M. Um, two points. I'm going to say first, Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player of all time. Okay, no, he's not. What else you got? Um, I mean, Kobe, all, Kobe's might not even be top five. Go ahead. First of all, I just want to be reminded about this. What do you think about trading Crosby? Okay, they're not going to do that. Anything else? I mean, I mean, I got to be honest, buddy. Uh, you, 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 and I hear your friends in the background with no pants on. I hope they're having fun. You called up, thought you'd be funny. You made a dumbass comment with Kobe, best ever. Now trade Crosby. So let me Kobe see if you can, let me see if you could go for the hat trick of stupid. Now, right about now is where you should call me fat. Go ahead and call me fat. You're fat. Okay, and you know what? If you ever went into me face to face, I would reach down your throat, grab your rectum. Turn you inside out and feed you to your mother. You have a good day. You too. Thank you. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Hey. How's How you doing, buddy? Let me check. Let me see what I'm wearing today. Yep, my shoes cost more than your house. The X at 105.9. I'm going to see uh, a concert in Chicago. I go to see so many concerts out of town. I do like to travel, but they don't come here. For as many concerts as come here, most don't. So I'm going to Chicago at the end of July to see Paul Rogers, the singer from Bad Company, Ann Wilson, the singer from Heart, and Jeff Beck, the guitar player, is on the uh, bill. And I just read an interview with him where... The interview asked him what he was going to play live on this tour. And he said, well, I'll let the big reveal be on stage instead of talking about it. I'm thinking to myself, Jeff Beck's a great guitar player. But I bet nobody out there could name even two songs that he did. Wasn't a great songwriter. And any fame he had was a long time ago. Like, he wrote some good stuff with the Yardbirds, like Heart Full of Soul. But, I mean, boy, talk about a guy who is famous for being famous more than what he's done as a guitar player. The only time people knew him, he played guitar on that Rod Stewart single, People Get Ready. And he could have broken through big. He had Rod Stewart in his band for two albums, Truth and Beckola, which are two of the best albums going. That's like late 60s. But he didn't want to be upstaged by the singer, so he got rid of him. I mean, that's just life in rock and roll. My God. I'm looking forward to seeing him play, but I'm mostly looking forward to hearing Paul Rogers. Uh, bad company, free the firm. His voice has faded not one bit. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. That's just a little bit away. Let's talk to Roz on the south side. Roz, you're on with Double M. Hi. How are you doing, Mark? Good, Roz. Good. I was calling just to agree with something that you said yesterday uh, about the Pirates and going to enjoy a game you know, once in a while, you know, but I do agree with you with the, uh, your, your thoughts on the Pirates management. I'm so tired of their lying to the people and, 
I just can't believe that people believe what they say when they say things like, well, we're doing this for the to get more power on the lineup. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Uh, they're they're just doing it to save money and to increase the profit margin. Thank you for the call, Ross. And that goes back to like that, that thing on Twitter with the blogger who said there's a boycott. There is no boycott. I wrote a column saying there is no boycott. I talked about how the Pirates have made moves to make more money since 2015, profiting $86 million over the last two years. And the defense to my column is, well, you don't know baseball. You don't cover baseball. This has nothing to do with baseball. I don't need to know baseball to know why the Pirates are what they are and exactly what they're doing. I mean, but that's how a lot of the baseball stooges are. If, if you can't, you know, have a conversation about advanced metrics and infield shifts, well, you don't know baseball. Believe me, I know a ton about baseball. I've forgotten a lot because the Pirates ruined it for me. My height as a baseball fan, I went to so many games as a kid, never stopped going to like the early 90s. It might have been before that because even though those early 90s teams were good, they were thoroughly unlikable. And yeah, I care about that. If you don't, that shows how shallow you are. Let's go to Jack in the car. Jack, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Terrific. Uh, I just wanted to touch upon what you said about the Pirates. About like, I mean, yeah, they just beat the White Sox, but like, they're just—they're probably one of the worst teams in baseball. But if you look at well, it, right? But you still—you still got to beat them. Yep, you still got to beat them, which I, I agree with. But when you play teams like Washington, like the Nationals, and they're pretty hot, and you don't win a game against them, like when they get into those games in July and a little bit in August, like when they start playing the Cubs and the Brewers and the Cardinals on a daily basis, I think that's the Pirates' test if they can really hang with the best. Well, like like I division. said, they're, they're playing the Cubs and Cardinals. Three games right. home, three games away. That's 12 games against the teams they have to hang with in the NL Central. I think if they come through there okay, they, they might be okay. And I predicted before the year, when they were over 500, if they ever got 10 games over 500, they would finish the season at 500 or better. And I hold right. to that prediction, and that doesn't mean they'll contend, and it doesn't no. mean that's enough. I, I think the only acceptable level of achievement for this team, given what they did in 13, 14, and 15, and the fact that they keep telling us we're not rebuilding, we're reloading, is to make the playoffs this year. Up next, we got Dejan in studio. Dejan Kovacevic on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some important questions for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now in studio by Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic, the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, DK, is there a campaign among certain marginal media members to make Pittsburgh feel bad because Pirates' attendance is down and they're in first place? I think ownership is just reaping what it sowed. Uh, don't know, don't care is the most forthright answer I can give you, but beyond that... Well, is ownership just reaping what it sowed? Because even though they are in first place, I sense that the trust has not been restored after what happened since that 2015 team it, was disassembled. It hasn't, but I'm going to give you the most boring but accurate and technical answer to this. Anybody who's ever dealt with or been a professional sports executive will tell you that if you don't sell tickets in the off-season, meaning season tickets and group sales, you're not going to have attendance. There's no, there's no tension to buy. There's no feeling that there's ever going to be a sellout. So you either just walk up. and it, The biggest walk-up that you'll ever have... 
I mean ever, at PNC Park, and I know this from talking to Pirates executives over the years, is around 2,000 to 3,000. So what you what you saw over the weekend against the Giants was actually impressive in light of the fact that they didn't sell hardly any tickets in the off season. That's all that's happening. Well, not, not here. season tickets and plans, but I would suspect that those who did buy season ticket plans bought them for those games. Chose includes. the Giants games yeah. and cut his return, and as therefore part of their they went up. And I'm sure people bought those in advance just. As single game tickets as well. One of the most ill-informed things you'll ever hear from people is, oh, look, it was a nice night for baseball, and they've won a couple in a row. Why didn't they fill the place up? They never do. Not in well, any if sport. It's a nice night, if it's a nice night for baseball, it's a nice night for a lot of things. All I'm saying is the, the statistics will show you that people don't buy their tickets a game or two or a day or two in advance of a game They'll tell you that they're bought, even single-game seats, Mark, studies show that they're bought two weeks in advance. So the, the whole subject is just stupid. Well, the Pirates are in first place, one again today. Yes. How seriously should we take that, and where does the season go from here well, at the quarter pole? I think you and I agree on this part. you got to take care of the bad teams. Yes, I'm, okay? a big, I'm a big believer in beating the bad teams. That's your foundation. Especially in baseball. Sean Rodriguez told me last night, uh, after the game, he said their approach has been that basically when they run into teams like the White Sox, that they don't just want to beat them. They want to really beat them. Yeah, that's been their mindset. Go at them hard early. Why did they, did they better spread? No, no, no. It's just it's the attitude. It's the approach that they're taking. Hey, he's one of the leaders on the team, yeah, and they're yeah, getting yeah, this don't, done. Don't okay? let him up. However. Get on them early and just get a lead. That's it. And that's what they did last night. Today was obviously a little bit more of a challenge, needing Josh Bell's pinch hit. Uh, single their RBI single there to win three to two. But if you look at it overall, here's a number for you. The Pirates right now are what's their overall record? Twenty five and seventeen. Correct the mundo. They're seventeen and five against teams below five hundred right now. Now I'm not saying that to downplay or dismiss what they've done. I'm saying that as giving them credit because again, when you face those teams, this is when you quote unquote run up the score because guess who's coming in next? the Padres, and then after that, they go to Cincinnati and face the Reds. But, man, if you looked at the schedule after that, it's a whole lot of Cubs and Cardinals and Dodgers and Diamondbacks, and it's going to be a real slog. So this is when you pile up the wins. The, the Dodgers, albeit struggling, but, yeah, the other teams. They'll come around, though. You know On that, that list doing very well. Is Gregory Polanco ever going to come good? He's back to looking disinterested. His stats suck, and he's 26. That ain't old. That ain't young either. In May, he's hitting 320, and he's made more solid contact and had some better at-bats. I don't buy the disinterested thing with Polanco. I never have. I think sometimes he gets lumped in with Marte, who has okay, his about, brain how farts about stupid? Polanco's not stupid. Uh, Polanco has bad base running, too, bad plays in the field. Uh, not like Marte. Again, I think they get kind of lumped well, in together. Yeah. So he's not as stupid <laughs> as the really stupid guy. Polanco's definitely not stupid. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think... He's going to come around. I, I loved the way he started the season. You'll remember the opening week. Uh, he has hit for power. The other thing is his on-base percentage is still at a really good rate because of the 22 walks that he's drawn. So he, he's going to hit better, meaning batting average-wise, than the 220s that he's been floating in for a while. You know who else is going to come around and is starting to uh, is Josh Bell. And I'm not just saying that because of the pinch hit RBI winning single today. He just basically poked that through the – uh, exposed shortstop area on a shift. He's really starting to make contact. He's having smarter at bats. He's being more selective. Mark, they've achieved all that they have offensively with Polanco and Bell not being at their best and with Jay Hay being hurt. 
are they ever going to have a true number one starter? And Garrett Cole wasn't, so I'm not, you know, uh, it'd be better if he were there, but I'm not bemoaning his departure from that aspect. But Tyon, Trevor Williams, I mean, who can step up? And Trevor Williams has done very well. But I know he's not a number one. He doesn't have the stuff to be a number one. He just well, doesn't. Right. And, he, and it was it showed again last but night. But Tyon does. Will he ever get to that level? Uh, Tyon can and, and will. I, he's definitely, he's got the stuff. He's definitely well, when? got the because smarts. Because he's, he's not well, getting he any younger either. Was, he also was pitching. He showed me his finger a couple nights ago. It was cut up beyond belief. I was actually surprised he pitched today. So in fairness, and it was the middle finger. Did you say and, to him, and he you're in me, trouble? He showed me the finger too. Wait, just let's to get the joke the in. Did you tell him you're in trouble? Uh, no, I didn't. But okay. I'll say this. Out of these guys, uh, Tyon has, is the one who has the capability. Nova is the one who you didn't mention who has the responsibility as being the guy who was expected to be that. Yeah, I, I think he's a ham and egg. Ultimately, though, Very average. what we're going to end up talking about probably in a month or two, especially if the Pirates get through that rough patch that I just described, is they got to go out and get one. Well, where's Nick Kingham? He went down to the minors. Yeah, why isn't he in the majors? Joe Musgrove was called back up because he went five and two-thirds perfect innings and because they think that he, he's got the pedigree coming up from Houston. Five and two-thirds perfect innings where? In rehab. It is in, no, 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 right, in Indianapolis. Because right. Nick Kingham did that in the major no, leagues. No, no, and I then understand. Some. no, I understand that. Now, I think King, Kingham's going to be back. Somebody's going to have to come out. I think the guy who we didn't even – the only one that we didn't mention really here, and he's got the – Certainly the velocity, if not necessarily the overall arsenal that has to step up, is Chad Cool. Again, not as a number one. Mark, look, when we get to the deadline, we're going to be talking about one thing with this team. and that if Assuming they get through this patch intact, and I, I'm not sure that they will, they got to go get a starting pitcher. Yeah, we'll see about that. We're talking today. on Kovacevic. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. What's the word with the injuries to Marte and Cervelli? It would be a tough go without them for too long, wouldn't it? Uh, Cervelli's fine. He showed me uh, his arm. Uh, after the Do these game. guys just come up and show you body parts randomly, seemingly? You know, it's just the way it happens in the conversation on this particular program, actually. <laughs> that's, you know, I'd hey, I'd rather have Cervelli show me his arm than Tyon show me his middle finger. How's that? Fair enough. So Cervelli showed me the arm, and it, it's it's bruised, but it, he sh- it was right on a muscle, so he'll be fine. Uh, there's a reason Elias Diaz played today. Uh, Marte, though, is different. Uh, they're fearing that it's an oblique. Uh, and for those who don't know what that is, that's that muscle in the side of your waist, basically, that if you're swinging a baseball bat in anger is not a pleasant thing. Uh, they're concerned about it. If he's out, that's an issue. Sean Rodriguez has been the center fielder the last two games. You don't want that over a sustained period of time. Uh, and I don't know that they feel that Austin Meadows is ready to come up and do that either. So that that would be concerning. Uh you mentioned they need to go get a pitcher. Where else did they need to get better? I like that they can hit. I'm not sure about their depth of hitting, and we just discussed injuries. I think their hitting is very solid. I also think it's such that if they got an injury to a Marte, uh, their offense would be partly crippled. Yeah, to Marte specifically because you don't have another center fielder, but the depth overall, I, I don't have a problem with their bench. When you have David Freeze, Sean Rodriguez. Yeah, but you're talking about guys who the more they play, the worse they play. Yeah, but uh, I don't know that you're talking about depth here as opposed to just them starting on a well, regular yeah, basis. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking yeah. about if, that, if, if Marte or somebody else in that ilk gets injured. Yeah, and Jose Osuna is a, a guy who can swing a bat. He should be out there. He played a decent first base today. Uh, I thought they need to find a position for him at some point. Don't forget, Jong Ho Gong is going to come back at some point as well. Maybe uh, he'll be back. And then, uh, what, but what guarantees does he offer after if, after how long he's been away from 
organized baseball. I think he can roll out of bed and hit. I, I really do. Well, I, then, I, then he, he should be up here right this second. Well, he's not ready The fact that he's embraced it indicates you're wrong. The, I think he's got other things to work on. No, I, I know what you're saying. What, driving? No, the way Neil Huntington described it, described it on Sunday made, made sense. He said he can hit a fastball at any point. It's just getting his timing back with other pitches and sequences and everything. But overall, you're asking who they or what they should be looking at. I don't know that it's offense nearly as much as it is. Not just the starting pitcher, but don't oh, no, forget, no, no, they no. just took George Contos out of the setup role, Mark. They need to get somebody that they can rely on in those middle relief ends. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not disputing that need. I'm just I'm skeptical on Dickerson, who has never been a good second-half hitter. That is correct. I'm skeptical on the depth in general, because like I said, Freeze and Rodriguez are excellent subs. Yeah, and you don't... The more they play, the worse they hit. Uh, Adam Frazier, I think the same actually applies to him. See, I, think I really think Frazier is going to be better I the think more he's, he's I exposed. Think he, I think he's more super utility than he is a regular. He might be. The other guy you didn't mention, but is, is fair to include in that group, is Colin Moran, who's had a yes. decent start, but we just don't know. He played 16 major league games in his life before this season. We don't know if he'll get exposed the way Dickerson did once he sees these same teams, the same sets of pitchers, especially right. inside the division. So... I mean, could you add another bat? Yeah, I mean, I've heard people talk about Jordy Mercer. You're not going to upgrade on Jordy Mercer without overpaying. Jordy Mercer's a good Major League shortstop. Right, he's value for money for what they're currently he, paying. He really is. And to, in other words, to get him, you're going to have to give him up, if that makes any sense. Yes. So I, I I would focus, if I were the Pirates, on pitching. And guess what, Mark? They've got the money to spend. But will they? No. <laughs> uh, I, I want to get back talk of the devil. I want to get back to attendance just a bit. Yeah. Will attendance go up if they keep winning? No, attendance will go up because of what you just mentioned earlier, okay? And that is that those are when group sales and season sales have been purchased for. Like, you can go through when you pick a 20-game right, plan. for the late spring and summer games, yeah. correct. And you're going to see people become more engaged and more interested if, if they, they keep, keep winning. winning. Right. So, what ends up happening here is is they'll buy them two, three weeks out, and you'll see bigger crowds. You're not going to see sellouts. You're not going to see – I don't even think you're going to see fireworks night sellouts. But you are going to see an what? uptick in attendance. Uh, hey, I'm going on the 30th. Did you I, hear? I can't stress this enough, though, man. This idea that people just walk up to the stadium and go, Hey, man, look, hey, there's a ticket window. I'm going to walk in. That's not I how it works. I purchased for the 30th well in advance, Dejan. There you go. You're so the I, role model so for I, buying tickets I to am PNC indeed. Park. Hey, I'm spending more money on these two tickets than most people are for you know their entire 10-game plans out there with the Hoy And then you have in the last 10 years of buying tickets to go to Well, Pirates it's games. better than sitting in the press box. You know, that's a rough press box, man. Uh, no, no. There's a bunch of jerks in that press box. You know what, though? I've, I've turned, I'm becoming a nice person now. Mark. There's a bunch of jerks in every press box, except for whatever reason, maybe because I'm looked upon as some kind of elder statesman. Everybody I, comes and talks to you. I like the hockey press box. Because everybody comes and talks to but you. But don't hey, you like Mark, the hockey press up? box? I do, but only because you're there, Mark, because I can Shut come up. over Shut and up. bounce stop, stop ideas now. off stop. of you. You don't even do that. You wear those goofy, goony <laughs> headsets all the friggin' time. Listening and to the vapors. At the at the friggin' game now, uh, see the the football and hockey, the football and baseball press boxes though, and I've been in a baseball one for ten years, but it's a bunch of guys who think they invented the sport. Um, it, it's changed a lot. For the They're, better? It, it's just mostly empty now. What the baseball press box? Oh yeah, it's 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 about twenty times bigger than it needs to be. There's not many people that cover the team. So it's the ballpark on a lot no, of No, but nights. even the visiting media, I mean, no one tr flies and travels anymore. That's true. So it, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a very empty, hollow Our place. business is dying. It's dying. 
and we're mine picking, isn't, and we're picking the corpse's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Mad cackling laughter here on 105.9 The X. Uh, let's talk Penguins for just a second. Yep. They have a big surplus up front, and we touched on it last week, but I've been really thinking about it. Who is going to be the odd man out? What's going to happen to him? Well, you read Mike Sullivan's. You probably haven't had time to read his letter today. Yeah. Okay. The most striking thing to me in there was his emphasis, like Jim Rutherford's emphasis, on we're going to need young players. We're going to need yeah. the players coming up from Wilkes-Barre, coached by Clark Donatelli and all that other stuff. That's their way of saying, yet again, Daniel Sprong's going to play. Zach Aston Reese is going to play. Some of these other guys, maybe a Teddy Bluger, Fred, Freddie Tiffles, these kinds of guys are going to be... who? I'm just throwing it out there. He's going to want to see fresher legs. That's going to be his emphasis, I guarantee you, all summer long. Freddie Tiffles, Frederick Tiffles, the Teddy Dana, Bluger the and Freddie kid. Tiffles sound like two 14 year old kids. Like, there's not enough guys to yep. make up sides for a street hockey game. Oh, let's get Teddy Bluger and Freddie Tiffles. And guess what? We were saying the same stuff about Brian Rust and Connor Sheary nope, before nope, they came they didn't up. No, because they didn't have goofy names. No, nah, they didn't. Well, he was Sheary at the time, so. Well, now, now, doesn't it depend, this whole thing, on who's tradable? For example, Sheary. Uh, well, I'd rather keep Rust than Sherry or Haglin. Then you're not changing anything. But, but here's the thing. You can get something for Rust. Other teams want him. I, yes. I keep thinking there's going to be a trade, not of a big name, but a trade we don't expect because it's a trade that's makeable. Yeah, I think in in the cases of Rust, and especially Sherry because he's due the $3 million over the next couple of years uh, and has not performed uh, in the playoffs and really, honestly, Mark, hasn't performed unless he's been on the top line. You know, he's been much more well, of a complimentary player. He's been player. pretty rotten since the 2016 playoffs. And... Uh, I mean, he's, yeah, okay. I, I'm no, thinking of the big goal against he, San Jose he got, and everything. He got 18 goals this year, but there are 18 goals nobody remembers. Uh, yeah, I don't hold timing against guys that much. I I, I I think the fact that he got those 18 goals really in a supporting role and, and by feeding off of Sid and Jake to a large extent. Uh, Sid and Jake, obviously Sid, but Jake has found a way to create his own offense to his credit. Uh, Rust has been able to do that. Sherry hasn't. So between that and the contract, I would not be surprised in the slightest if Jim is actively seeking a return on Sherry, even if it's negligible, just to free up the cap room and free up the roster room and then start bringing in those younger guys. The team has to have a different look. Like Teddy Bluger. And Freddie Tiffles. That stays on Kovacevic, a goofy name himself. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. You gotta be a big timer to get on this show. Double M, huge fan. Raise the Jolly Rancher. The X at 105.9. I forgot to plug it while Dejan was on, but it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Ask Mark anything you like about anything you like. Here's an example of why... I've really given up on everyone who listens to this show or reads what I write. Some idiot on Twitter tweeted, in the span of a month and a half, Mark Madden just went from saying no way the Pirates crack 500 to maybe they'll make the playoffs. I said at season's beginning, actually during spring training, which I admittedly barely paid attention to because, you know, Penguins, team that tries to win, I said they're 500-ish. And that's why I still think they'll finish 500-ish. I think they can hit. The Dickerson get was a big one. So I said 500-ish. You know, and, and like, I always laugh. I'm going to use Rossi as an example. Some 
dope got fired by the city paper. And I don't know why. I don't care why. Over, he took some stand against injustice. Who cares? In Butler. Who cares about Butler? And he got fired over it. And Rob Rossi took the job as the editor of the city paper. And, like, there were literally three dozen tweets. Well, because of what happened to, to Charlie, whatever his name is, and because Rossi took the job, I'll never read the city paper again. Okay, then don't. Who cares? I get that a lot, too. Well, you said this. You said that. You insulted this person. You disrespected the other person. I'll never listen to your show again. Okay, then don't. Don't, 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 don't. But just don't make me hear about it. I just got another hefty ratings bonus in the last check, so somebody's listening. Those threats, that's what Twitter's done, and I emphasize this again and again. It's made nobodies feel like they're somebodies. You're all nobodies. I'll never listen to your show again. Well, then don't. Turn it off right now. Ask Mark Anything is brought to you by Chipino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, and it's located in the Strip. Let's go to Tony in Nevillewood. Tony, ask Mark anything. Ahoy, Poloy. Ahoy, Poloy. <laughs> Mark, so uh, me and two of my buddies all have bidets now in our houses. And you are a fancy guy that stays at the fanciest resorts just like Ric Flair. Is, are you a bidet guy or not? No, I'll tell you why, though. I am a guy of, of a jet stream of water going up my backside. <laughs> okay, I, I endorse that. I have one of those shower heads you can take down. And, you know, you just got to be a little agile. I'm, you're lazier than me. But, like, yeah, I, I, I love to be clean in that respect, and the sensation is not altogether <laughs> unpleasurable. I don't care what anybody says. And, like, when I, when I get a hotel... In Vegas with the Whirlpool? Yeah. I placed the one jet very strategically, believe you me. Let's go to Maverick in Annapolis. Maverick, ask Mark anything. Hey, Double M. Thanks for taking my call. What up? I got to ask you another kickball question. Oh, boy. So, I am in a league where bunting is legal. Well, now, hold it. You're, where, where are you from? It says Annapolis? Yeah, it's uh, east of D.C., in Maryland. Uh, okay, I, I know where Annapolis is. It's the Naval Academy. I just I thought maybe you were more local than that. So they have kickball down there too, huh? It's a big deal. Okay, so you're in a league where bunnings allowed. Yes, and it's infuriating when you see grown men bunting constantly, running the first. And I'm wondering, do you have any solutions to for me and my teammates to try and either embarrass or humiliate? someone on the other team. Okay, if you want to embarrass him, here's what I would do. When he bunts, where does it go to? Uh, Usually just less than a foot, right in front of the plate, sometimes the third, but it's like less than a foot. Okay, here's my two ideas. These are good ideas. Okay. The first thing to do if you want to embarrass him, just don't pick the ball up. Just let him circle the bases. It's not that it, it'd be more fun to embarrass him and concede a run, correct? Yeah, I'm not just refuse it. to play the ball. Just let him run around the base, say, "Hey, home run! Congratulations!" and make an ass out of him. How's that sound? That actually sounds like a good idea. It's a great idea. Okay, What's one here, option two. Yeah, 
Uh, how how much would the ball hurt if you got kicked in the head with it? It's like a rubber playground ball. So, so you wouldn't get hurt too badly, how... correct? Say that again? You would not get hurt too badly. He's mm, a grown man. Come on. Play the third baseman five feet from home plate. Dad, I think there's a rule. You have to be like a certain distance back. Whatever so the minimum distance is, do it and break the rule. Okay. Seriously. I think my first idea is better, but but I, I would try that one too. I would I would go whatever the legal. Here's what you do. Let's say the legal distance from home plate is, let's say it's 15 feet, right? Okay. When the ball's pitch charge. Yeah, that's typically what we do. Um, there you go. I've given you two great options. I expect to hear back from you. I would try the first one first and the second one second. And let me ask you this. Are you allowed to retire the guy by braining him with the ball? <laughs> no, I'm serious, because in wiffle ball you can in my wiffle ball you could. You could we call it a branding. Can you hit the guy with the ball to retire him or do you have you're to throw the first base? You're allowed to peg them as hard as you want. The head, I mean, it depends how hard you're You are allowed to peg them. You're able to peg him right in the back, right in the back okay, of the leg. Then, okay, those are your two options. Don't play the ball at all when he bunts and let him circle the bases like an ass. When when they tell you to play it, just refuse to play it. You don't have to play it. There's no rule says you have to play it. Okay? True. And then the other one is whenever you get a chance, hit him right in the head with the ball. That's true. Go forth and prosper, my son. Let's go to Mike in Newcastle. Mike, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Um... I'm not much of a soccer fan, so take it easy on me if it's a dumb question. But as a Liverpool fan, what means more to you, winning the Premier League or winning the Champions League? Uh, Right now, the Champions League, because we're (laughs) in the final. But we haven't won the the Premier League uh, since 1990. It wasn't even called the Premier League then. So I'm hoping to see them win the Premier League once before I die. But uh, you see, I think it's harder to win the Champions League. Yeah. Hey, can I ask another sneak another real quick in your same talk, kind of topic is, uh, how come the Champions League, why don't they at the end of the regular season have like even just like a four-team playoff? Because they don't, and it's better that way. It's the fairest league in the world, the European soccer leagues. They have 20 teams in the English League. You play everybody once, home and away. Whoever wins, wins. It, it, it is, believe me, it is a far more fair way of determining a winner than any system used in the United States. was a better show than I expect. Then again, I don't expect very much. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9 X.